Hello and welcome to episode four. We've got an amazing episode today. We're doing all things housewives. We're really focusing on the real housewives of New York. But we're also going to share some recent current housewife feuds that are happening. And we're so excited to have a guest host with us today, Christina Esposito, who is our photographer, creative director, and soul sister. He's joining us today for She's this our very other special half, episode. everyone. She is as obsessed with housewives as we are and has the most beautiful hair. So you're going to really, you know, I mean, you can't take it there, but you can take it. But you can mentally imagine yeah. it. Yeah, gorgeous hair envy right there. She's yeah. got Kyle Richards quality hair. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for joining us all the way from the Hamptons. Let's get into it. We will. So one of the more controversial feuds that's been happening is sort of the world against Kelly Dodd from the OC. Sorry, indigestion. And Kelly has been making enemies really probably around the globe, but certainly with her, I think, 700 plus thousand followers who are really upset with her because she has been very vocal in her, um, I guess, anti-corona, anti-mask, sort of anti-pandemic attitude. In April, she got in trouble um, because she made the statement that the whole coronavirus pandemic was God's way of thinning the herd. That is a direct quote, which she did apologize for later. But then more recently, she went on a new sort of tirade where um, she went out to eat with her daughter, who is 13, by the way. She was in OC in Orange County, and she's posted on Instagram video of them without masks eating at this restaurant and wrote, yay, we finally get to have a meal out. And then she goes on to say, and yay, and no one is wearing a mask. I love it. Yay. Lots of yays. I mean, the employees at the restaurant were clearly wearing masks, just for the record. But she went on to say, no one is wearing masks here in Orange County because no one is dying here of the virus. She made the claim that, um, you know, that 130 people were dying of the virus, which that part was not the claim, but that it's not the government's job to protect her health. It's the government's job to protect her rights. And it's her job to protect her health. And when you trade liberty for safety, you end up losing both. That was what she said. So lots of controversy there. She's not exactly making any fans with these statements. It's really kind of putting a lot of people at war. Well, it's sort of ignorant, too. I mean, I know with us, um, like, we just as a styling I've had to even deal with certain of like clients coming up to me and being like well I'm so glad I don't have to wear a mask and almost showcasing it but we live in Florida so we're kind of in an area where people are most definitely not embracing the idea of wearing no masks. and it's almost shocking because we're such an area where people should be caring so much and I think it's almost rude to come in and have this kind of attitude like I'm going to not wear a mask and get all these people sick. And even 
one of these, um, like I heard a customer even like get mad at a manager for telling her to put on a mask and then said later that she had that she got sick from them putting the mask on her and that like it traumatized her well I was just like what I had an experience at work with two separate customers completely not related to her after it had become an official mandate came into the store without masks and my manager didn't even say anything so me as an employee I felt very vulnerable I was not happy with that sort of behavior and it just made me feel that you know these people not you know I was not happy that my manager didn't speak up but even these people had such arrogance coming in and you know, putting themselves, but also me and the people who are in the shop and all the people who are doing so much to protect us. I mean, I think the reason we are experiencing a second wave in Florida is because of people like that. That's so true. And but how Christina, do you how do you feel? And the fact of the matter is that people just weren't expecting to be wearing a mask at this point in time. We thought that we would be done with it by now, but the reality is that we are not. So we have to just go with it. No, response. But I mean, Kelly is known. Let's get us on track. Kelly is known for being crazy. She is. Yeah, known she likes putting out controversial. Comments. It's really not helping people who are conservative-minded people because she is dating someone who is a Fox News correspondent. So anyone who has this idea that conservative people are sort of. Um, and she's playing that up, definitely. that this is a, um, a liberal movement. This whole pandemic is some sort of liberal movement to break down um, economics. If people who are believing that are saying, okay, then I won't wear masks. There's videos of people in supermarkets, like, you know, throwing stuff at managers when they're telling them to put on the masks. There's really people being very um, irate and angry at having to wear this mask. But the truth is, like, there's a reason it's becoming a law and a mandate, and you just sort of have to follow the rules. Whether you believe it or not, you should follow the rules. And I mean, Kelly herself did apologize, probably to save her job, but she did apologize. She said, I was by no means minimizing deaths that have been caused by this virus, and I feel for their loved ones. She also explained in that same video that Orange County has 133 deaths out of 3 million people, much lower than most. And she felt encouraged and excited that people were out and about and there was some sense of normalcy. And I think her apology wasn't that great. I'm sure her PR people wrote it. But I do think that that kind of speaks to what Christina is saying. People want normalcy. It's not fun. It's not comfortable. No matter what, even if you have a cute Lily Suzuki, you know, mask at the same time, you don't want to wear a mask. You want to just be and it's very hard to be for, you know, five months, four months in a position where it seems endless and you're still kind of not in, you know, in the full freedom. Having said that, I don't think that someone with a platform at all who is a Bravo celebrity should be going about promoting things that are not. But I think Kelly likes to say anything for a reaction. I know during the BL. Um, and movement she came out with comments kind of like and then people were calling her racist and then she's like I'm not even white I think her whole point on the show is to stir up controversy and I think she knows that's why people follow her 
So I think she's going to just keep doing it. And I think she's playing up this whole idea. I'm dating a Fox News anchor. So I'm going to say this spiel that most people believe is like this Fox mentality. If you listen to Fox, if you're a Republican, this is how the world sees it. And she's playing into that kind of narrative, which I don't even know if that's even her real thing. I think she just likes to play these games because Kelly herself does not seem like a conservative person. No, but someone who always keeps it real is Ramona, who's been who is very conservative. Very similar behavior. I know Ramona at the Hamptons. I mean, I know Christina is in the Hamptons. Ha- uh, have you gone have to you any had parties? A Ramona sighting. You did tell us of an exciting sighting you had recently. Oh yes, share it with everyone. On my way to uh. Cinderella, the local grocery store here, I had the pleasure of spotting no no one but the other Aviva Drescher. Oh and God. I just, I saw the face and I knew I knew the face and somehow it just came to me. The leg, I bet. You knew the leg as well. She at least recognized one of the legs. <laughs> Would you think it was the leg that she put on the table? Oh, we'll always wonder. I mean, what? Do, it's possible, right? I mean, it's it was her summer leg. It was her heeled leg. Was she wearing heels? I don't remember, but I think these are moments to document. Yeah, I mean, you said you recognized her, her hair, but you've been looking down. I know. It was a very quick moment as I was driving and just passing her by, and she was getting into her car. But I did stalk her a little bit, and she <laughs> lives in, um, or I guess she has a summer home in Sag Harbor and has been quarantining there. So that's pretty close. Cool. Which is where we're at now. So obviously when we, we need to go to Sag Harbor. Yeah, and you had already told us your house is near another celebrity right now. Yes, yes. I'm just across the, um, I don't know what you call this body of water. <laughs> the I think it's called the North Sea. But um, yeah, just across the North Sea is the Kardashian house who Rihanna is currently uh, renting out for the summer. So you're just living my dream right now. You're in the Rahoni playground. Rihanna has my films. Rihanna is of course my spirit animal. And I really do feel like together she and I could drop down and get our eagle on. So those are goals for me. Well, I really just want to stay with you and stop all the housewives. Even now that I know that you followed her And I would love to just see Ramona Maybe six feet apart from Ramona I want to go to 75 in Maine And just sit there till Ramona appears We just need a bunch of guys Like at the bar She'll come Yeah, We just need to get like a bunch We need to get some middle aged men Get the line up going Who aren't aren't (laughs) frightened Of a woman who has money she, she has to be able to tell yeah, them about her other homes. Yeah, they have to handle her money. She can be intimidating. What did you say, sorry? She can be very intimidating. Yes, she know. can be. But I mean, it's those eyes, those yeah. magical eyes. I, yes, yes. <laughs> the meme that you sent me the other day. Yes. She looked like a robot. And <laughs> <laughs> Jill Zarin does the best Ramona impressions, too. Oh, and I flew private with Jill. I love Jill, too. She's such a Jill great... is, like, just like that relative that every Jewish girl has and wants. 
she's just amazing but speaking of then the housewives that kind of gives us a really good way of going into like what has been happening with Ramona and Dorinda because right now Ramona I think last week went to a party in the Hamptons Christina were you there she was in our hood in Boca in fact I saw her post that she was at Sloan's ice cream in Meisner Park which is just a hop and escape from my but flat. now she I was ready to run out of the house until I saw the date was the day before which I thought was very shady I wanted to go there and stalk her they have great peanut butter chocolate ice cream I was ready to join her you know for a gab and a little ice cream and I'm more of a Carvel girl myself but now that she is in the Hamptons which there is a Carvel I've heard right around you um that um she went to a party where a bunch of people got corona as well as um, Donald Trump's son's girlfriend, the Fox <laughs> News anchor, the Fox News anchor, I forgot her name, the brown haired girl. And she has um, Corona, they just officially have it. And they were at a party where they weren't wearing masks and Ramona was there. So Dorinda is calling for Ramona to get tested. Oh, wow. And this supposedly just happened this past week? This week, yeah. Oh, gee. So I guess, like, after it came out that they had it, I'm pretty sure they went to the party and none of them wore masks and Kim they had Gilfoyle. it. Kim Gilfoyle. Kim yeah. Oh, and yeah. I remember that name. Wow. So it's, like, causing all of, like... Leah is this particularly upset, too. It's not just Dorinda. I mean, Leah has been twittering, warring with Ramona, with her daughter. I mean, she is going hard for the singers. And I'm surprised because Ramona has not been snapping back as much as Avery but I guess the singer singer is not just one generation no according to what happened is that um Avery Ramona's daughter was watching one of the episodes and ended up recording clips of Leah and in it saying this is next level horrible I am cringing this is nuts I'm embarrassed for you these people are crazy how are you associated with them and then she called her mother the voice of reason and so Leah kind of came back at you her can't see me but I'm shaking my head <laughs> and she she basically said Ramona do you want to get your daughter involved in this She's 25. She's fair game. I'm closer in age the, that with her than I am with you. And a bunch of people came back and basically wrote, oh, my God, drag Avery. She's an awful person. She's just as worse as her mother. She acts publicly one way, but she's awful, like, on her own, just like her mother. She has no real friends. <gasps> That's mean. So, um, and then other people were telling Avery to like sit down, that she shouldn't be talking, and like, how can she say that, like, sh that her mother should be embarrassed about associating with this people when who Ramon is? Ramon is the one who defecated last year on a trip to Colombia. To be fair, she had food poisoning. Yeah, but there's wasn't like, like she chose to defecate. Defecation came upon her. And <laughs> it's true with, <laughs> with Sonia, but it is true. But they're like having now this back and forth. Ramonia got sick. She did. They they yeah. Oh, that's the, we we call Ramonia Ramona plus Sonia. Yeah. <laughs> Love but it. But there was a collective sickness. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Luann um soil the sheets? No, no, that was Ramona and well, Sonia. Well, she was very busy. It was really Ramona and Sonia, I think, who decide to really shout over that trip. Cartagena was never the no, same. No, it was not. It was not for them. But I do think that Avery, 
I think she's funny with her commentary. I didn't really hear this one, but on the show, I thought it was funny what she was saying. Well, I personally think that Avery is not fair game because none of the children are. It doesn't matter if they're grown now. They're just not fair game. Let her say her little... She's sticking up for her commentary, but let her make whatever comment she wants. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if Leah is closer in age with Avery because who she's supposedly friends with is Ramona. Like, that's the person that you're associating with. You just don't go after the children, I feel. Very much that should be the rule across the shows. It never comes off good when someone is going after the child because you're being presented as the adult, as the housewife. Like, this is presented as the child of the kid. And unless that child of is older than you, you don't go. You don't go after any of the family members, not the husbands, not the children, not the parents, no one. You leave it all out. That's my opinion. Housewife code of conduct. <laughs> I agree. It's just crossing a line. Even if she is closer in age, you just don't go there. There's boundaries. And like, I'm sorry, but if you are, if you have to be fighting with the daughter of, then go on Housewife Juniors. Like, you should not be on with the big girls if you're going to be fighting with the little girls. And I also do think oh Leah my god, wait, sorry, but idea for a spin-off. I know. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Like, that's a new franchise. Hello. Yeah, really Andy, Andy Cohen. I have an idea. We have so many ideas for him. He really just I needs know. to come And he's, a, he's in the Hamptons, Christina. Track him down. Let what him know my up? idea. He's with his little boy, Benny. So, you know, let them know. Now, what? which part does he live in? I don't know, the Hamptons, given you the general Hamptons. He didn't tell me exactly where he, he is. Forgot he forgot to give us his location. He just said the Hamptons, he was very general, but I can find out. Ah. I can find out. I'll do some research. I'll, I'll, give, I'll drop him a line. I bet you can. <laughs> you know, we're, we're all from, you know, the crew, the Jew crew, if you will. We're members of the tribe. We'll find it out. We'll find out where he is. I'll find Kelly out. Kelly Ripa has to be near him somewhere. Yeah. Kelly Ripa must be near, so we just need to follow, follow that, the Ripa. Follow the Ripa trend. We'll see where it leads us, the trail. But I do think that gives us a good way into getting into the actual Housewives episode of New York. It was amazing. After two weeks away from them, everything Painful. would have been amazing. Painful two weeks. Because I was so happy. I mean, first of all, I think it is cruel for Bravo to do two-week hiatus. If you don't have things edited properly, give us raw footage. I don't even what like to edit What were you doing it. during the time of furlough, people? Forget that. I want CCV, TDC files. So give me an hour that's pretty. Give me the ugly. Give me 24 hours straight of Real Housewives unedited, and I'll tell you what was important. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so much happened that we find out off screen. Don't give me that pleasure. Let me have it all, as the great Bethany Frankel would say. Mention it all! Well, here's the thing. If they took those extra two weeks to edit, why did it still look like such crap? That's what I was wondering. And I was also wondering why. I mean, why? Leah, no matter what her excuse is, we showed up to watch these episodes. You did not have to show up wearing that. And yeah, her excuse saying that like she that. is in quarantine is the reason why is not a good reason. But this is why Bethany loves her. Because Bethany, during her heyday of Skinny Girl, would never not take her chance to 
drive oh, the skinny girl car, her. promote the skinny girl brand on her shirt, her car, her drink, whatever it was, skinny girl, skinny girl, skinny girl. And Leah showing up with her married to the mob sweatshirt that was so ugly and so not like appropriate for the occasion, like like wearing a sweatshirt to a black tie optional event is so rude. I just felt like, you know what? We don't need you to be talking about your brand during confessionals. Take the opportunity during the season when you guys are doing your fake workouts. Don't do it during the interviews. No, this is the time for glamour. But also what concerned me about Leah is for somebody who's saying she can argue with a 25-year-old because they are closer in age. She does not know how to work her camera. She does not know how to position it. Her sound it. was good, though. Her sound was the but best her, quality. The, the, but her, the camera, I was so, I was so... So not into her camera. And I thought that Sonia had the best. Sonia's look, her makeup. But Sonia flowers. has quarantined, if I'm not mistaken, in a spa. She some has sort a spa. of spa for like four months. She so is. Sonia really reflected that in both her but outfits, Sonia her really face. She just looked amazing. Looking like a monster on the show and then getting to see her just do beautiful confessions. She does great detoxes. Yeah, I was just, I was really into Sonia's look. And even though I like that Dorinda decided to blend into the wall, could we see Dorinda? Could we not? I didn't know at times. But Dorinda's clothes and her house are so one in the same like crazy and eclectic slightly frightening and yet something old timey grandmother about it mm -hmm. that it was almost comforting seeing her just become one with her space because she's always had that sense to it and now she's morphing into it she's definitely she was like one in it and See, Luann being at a faint uh, didn't know I couldn't tell did Luann think she was in like another Luann like, thought she was in a different area she needed to where yell. the iPad was to make sure. she just wanted to project <laughs> she really did she wanted to make sure all could be heard because she was very concerned <laughs> she was so concerned could, could we not, not hear her, her. I really think that this whole issue with Corona and the way they were doing their at-home confessionals really highlighted like the different generational things because Leah being the youngest of them had the best quality of everything but her camera angle was bad no, not knowing your angles has nothing to do with age it just she they told her to prop it up here I don't even think she cared that much which is maybe part of her charm but her voice was crystal clear it was common it was the same quality that you expected yeah. everyone else's was crazy except for Sonia who clearly got someone to do it for her amazing camera and work and this is amazing why I want to know like what is Avery doing she clearly was there since she was yelling and how she let background. her mother go on how camera how could you let her put a camera in front of a and fridge and she looked like she'd just gotten bad plastic surgery and didn't know if she could move well that's probably what happened but it worried. Why isn't her daughter being there for her? No, I just if I if I I'd like to think that when I'm lucky enough to have children, and if I'm even lucky, Lana, and I have will a child, somehow turn to you. And someone say would turn to me and say, "Mummy, there's a fridge behind you." Or your face, do it the, in the angle kitchen. is coming up. Like when up. they went to the wider angle, and you see Avery doing basically what I assume is dishes. While her mom's doing her interviews, it just felt like, is this the unedited version that you didn't work on over the last two weeks? Because this does not feel edited. Christina, so, what were your thoughts? Well, I want to ask you guys, what do you think? Do you think that Bravo just mailed them all? Like, here, here's the equipment. Use this to film and, sound, and audio and just boom. Or did, like, some of them have an edge over the other? Like, did some have better gear? No, I think that 
the same gear was sent to all of them and I bet like one probably person was sent like masked up and everything but sent to set it up for them and then they were just told like press here but what I do think is that just from the time I've spent through the tv but with, with the housewives that I think I could just see Sonia's in this middle of nowhere it's probably also quiet so it helps for sound anyway but probably had someone who works at this spa help her and she's She's probably sleeping with them in Arizona, like, you know, a young know, man, yeah, some young Somebody 28 year old that's yeah. like, who's like, oh, do this, do this. It'll be the, the best if you do this. You know, I think that Luann had to press that button all on her own. And, and it was probably, you know, she's in what, the Hamptons? Yeah, so it was so probably, probably like in Florida. That, yeah, no. So she, she was trying to press it, but couldn't, no, she couldn't, couldn't reach her no. I really do think that, you know, anyone who knows the Hamptons knows that the, Wi-Fi is not good there. I'm sure that the quality was not good. And I'm sure she was, except for the gentleman callers that night, that when she was recording these, she was alone. I don't think Noelle and Victoria are there helping her. I think they're quarantining somewhere else, probably in France with their dad or something. And then I think Ramona should have been helped by Avery. But Avery failed us not. There. Avery failed us there for sure. Yeah. And there was someone else who am I thinking? Dorinda. Dorinda. It was she's a, side, a lone wolf. But what I liked about Dorinda was that she chose to sit to the side of the camera. Yeah. She didn't want no, to do But that. I could so to see how fun. it happened. I actually played this out in my head. As soon as I saw that she was basically off camera, I realized what happened. They set it up there and she's like, I'm not going to touch that. I'm going to press play and I'm going to sit. But my chair's over there. And that's how it's going to be. And she just went with it. She's like, they knew where my chair was. That must be where they wanted me. I think that is so on point. That's how they're in the room. But it was such a good episode. I think they had so many First good parts. First of all, I think we should start at the beginning. I like the change of the taglines. Everyone's but Leah's I thought was good. And take us through them. I mean, I wrote them all down because I thought they were so wonderful. So um, let me just... Take us through your, your like top three favorites. Oh my God, I have to choose? Let's okay, choose. Let's okay, choose. okay, okay, okay. First of all, okay. I love Sonia's who said, I'm no one's arm candy. I'm the whole bowl of sugar. I was like, yes, you are, sweet thing. I love you. I think that's amazing. <laughs> I listen, The visual of it all, I love that I referenced something that happened this season, but like put that Sonia positivity on it. Loved it. I have to say though, I loved it. I didn't, I wasn't like that into Dorinda's. Like she said, like a mint in your mouth, I can be a bit fresh. I don't think you're a bit fresh. You're like a, like the TikTok maxes that, not TikTok, um, the TikTok maxes that like come in your mouth and if you put two in you're like oh my god I was not expressing such an aggressive freshness that is Dorinda she's aggressively fresh she is not like a light little oh little minty fresh no 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 <laughs> and you know what I liked Ramona's when she said so what if I'm self-involved who else should I be involved with I was like I'm gonna say that line that I'm going to find a way to enter that into my life I felt like I could really I could use a little bit of that sass I mean Luann's I, I liked it because I like that again, like Sonia's it referenced what happened already in the season. So it gave like a really cool energy to the halfway point. Like it kind of just like did a little throwback, but I feel worried that there's going to be a song. Like I think a night from the lower level is going to be Luann's next quote hits. Lola. I mean, I'd like good nights from the lower <laughs> level. <laughs> I can't sing, but you know, I was doing my, my Luann impression. I just could see that popping up. 
What it happened to her? Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> Ladies, you know what it's like when you're on that I'm lower on that level. level. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see it in her cabaret act. I just feel like I love it. And I thought it was such a actual real organic the producer didn't write for when she signed off to Ramona like in her sass good night from the lower level I was like yeah and like I felt like she really was giving it to Ramona and Ramona really felt it because she apologized like right away and not in her fake like apologize her way but like now that it's like a thing it's kind of like when Dorinda in every interview Giovanni. right here no goes I made it nice I made it nice I made it nice. like you don't make anything nice you're an aggressive energy nothing's nice you know so I feel like good night from the lower level is gonna haunt us and I'm worried to say I like it what was your favorite I think I love Sonia's the most. Copycat. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. I didn't pay attention to any of the tags. Oh, my God. As I, soon as I heard, there was I a did not, line. yeah. I was When pausing. Alana reminded me, because I, like, went through a very detailed, um, like, I was making my notes about what I thought about everything. We didn't watch the episode Yeah, so we were, like, I was making my notes so that when we were doing it, we could compare. And I got more stuck on, like, this one thing with Luann, which we can later get into, but I think that really was for me, like, you know, no, the I mean, main part of the show. When for the first time I in didn't the even history think of, of Housewives, they changed their tagline mid-season, I'm paying attention. Well, but why, that's my point. Like, I noticed that the taglines were different, but I don't understand why. I think why can be summed up in one word and two numbers. Well, really one number, but individually two numbers. COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they just wanted to do something different. Like, we lost Tinsley in a very abrupt way. Oh, and I think that there was also, like, a whole thing. Yeah, I feel like there was just, like, a whole thing. Like, the season is different. Life is different. They had to do this really, like, what's the word? Pod podunk? 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 Did I just speak this? This podunk version of, like, how they're going to... I just maybe made up a word. It's possible. But version of, like doing the um interviews like the home interviews now where we're so rough and it just i felt like they just wanted to do something to give it a little jazz like jazz hands no i agree and i remember i heard they were gonna have new taglines but honestly when i watched it until lana um told me the next day about all the taglines i was like oh my god i completely forgot wasn't even thinking about that well i mean for me it was exciting guys like the joie de vie of the housewife franchise is the excitement and this was exciting stuff well what did you think about tinsley's exit because it just felt so like you said abrupt and i mean she didn't really get like a a, a finale or anything really like that last episode yeah. with her horrible and I mean only two of them went to go say goodbye to her was it luann and sonia ramona yeah, right. Wow. Ramona, <laughs> Ramona. Ramona. No, and Ramona, as we can all remember, she actually double booked with that. Oh, she on. did. She had the date at the same time. She was, it wasn't even a full yeah. goodbye. It was like, bye, see, see ya. I think what happened is I think they were supposed to do something like a proper, like, kind of like goodbye, maybe a dinner or something. And I think after Dorinda did that, like, big thing to her, I think she refused to ever. I, yeah, I, I 
be in the like same room as everyone. Housewives in their leaving midseason, they almost like closed their story out, and this didn't have that. So I imagine that this really was that abrupt. But I think the Kufan King and her, when they he got back together with her, was like, "I'm ready to commit to you. I want to marry you, but you have to leave the show." And I think what she really wants in this life is not fame; she wants love. So and I also I think, think he left. told her like, "You can do this show, but I don't want to be like the topic. I don't want this to be like that conversation." And I think Dorinda knew that and was upset with that so Dorinda was purposely keep Dorinda's bringing it up so that like Tinsley was getting more and more uncomfortable and I think then the coupon king was like you're off like let's like don't be involved with these girls anymore like you told them you don't want this discuss and she's coming after you but I think from the like a long time into their relationship he said he didn't want to be a part of the show it wasn't going to do him any good to be a part of the show so it was obviously you know a, a, a reason that they kept having this makeup breakup thing because I don't think that she could be honest about like her life and her emotion what she's going through and she can't discuss her relationship that's yeah. like the one relationship but in her life I think because Dorinda with John John right John yeah Medesian. yeah I think because Dorinda with John I mean if you really watch it like they basically kind of she have... allowed the man to get burned but so they partied hard together and I don't think she liked the way it was depicted. Bethany has said a huge amount of stuff against Dorinda and John and has alluded to stuff like that they don't have this like that Dorinda's like a very wild kind of sad depressed person. And I do think that Bethany everything Didn't Bethany she was telling call her a drunk? she called her a drunk like I think Bethany like has kind of given us who the re- who not like the real Dorinda is, but there's a darker side of Dorinda. And I think for whatever reason, the fact that Tinsley was almost able to hide and have this life where she was so happy on camera and was able to have this guy to the side and no one was like bringing up any of the stuff started to like fester with Dorinda. I agree. Because Dorinda has no reason to hate Tinsley. Tinsley liked Dorinda. But I think that Dorinda was also triggered by Tinsley for a different reason. I think the life that Dorinda had when she was married to the love of her life, Richard, (laughs) it was a life like a Tinsley life. It was a fairy tale. It was beautiful. And everything was... um, you know, it was not just affluent in terms of financially, but it was like rich in terms of life and love and and sort of there was a, a, a endless sort of fairy tale romantic possibility. And Dorinda, when Richard died, I think that part of her was broken. I think she buried herself in partying and kind of under this like relationship that was a very clearly it might I'm not saying it wasn't loving but it was not a, dark, a whole I think relationship. It was, a dark it was not a happy relationship. Someone who you don't want to live with, you don't want to spend your time with, who you literally allow to get burned. I think like when you're in love, it, there is a lightness that that relationship seemed to lack from what you see on the TV. And I think that's why they did break up. But I also think that that's why she resented Tinsley for like having had times where she had love having times where she had darkness but she always stayed in that light state of mind believing in love believing in the fairy tale fighting for the fairy tale and I think that's something that Dorinda resented seeing someone else because she stopped believing in it and I do think Dorinda is a very like Dina I know is more of a fan of hers than I am but not this season Dorinda has shocked me off my business I just 
So what I like, I am rewatching Rohini actually right now, and I'm on Dorinda's first season. And in Is this she season, laughing? she has flipped out on so many people. And I remember even watching it again, knowing what I know now, even then it's like shocking because nothing will happen. Like at one point, Heather um, um, Schindler, who was on the show at the time of Yummy Tummy, was walking ahead of her, didn't know that oh, she was she there. Oh, she was I forgot. She gets yeah, so mad she calls her and is like, hey, are you going to wait up for me? You here on camera. Heather comes back and is like, oh, hey, I didn't even know you were here. And she goes crazy on her, swearing on her, calling her a bitch, like really aggressively attacking her, telling her that she's a horrible person. And she keeps trying to explain, I didn't know you were behind me. As soon as I did, I stopped the game. And she's like, no, you disrespected me, blah, blah, blah. She also yells at Kristen Takeman at one point with an aggressive fury, like, you know, with the, the, the thunders of the God and you, you, then Thor's hammer coming down upon her. I mean, you just feel like, uh, like this aggressive shaking of a mountain with her fury at this person for something that she didn't do. And it just, you already see that like dark kind of alcohol. But I think she was slowly yeah, getting worse because she said she never got But I don't got think she got worse. Richard. That's what I'm trying to say. I think she got more comfortable on camera. I think when she first came on, she was controlling that part of her a little more. She was a little more vulnerable because she was being more controlled. And I think as she got more comfortable, it was also, you know, she got her nose job, she got her fame, she got like a place on the show that's very solidified. I mean, to the point where even now there are rumors about things she's doing to past cast members, which I know we'll talk about later. But I, I think she got cocky in her comfort, which meant that she is very free with her anger. Well, I thought what was interesting was when her daughter on the episode was telling her mother, like, you know, I respect you more now as a role model. By the way, I love that part, though, like the scene with her and her daughter. Yeah, I thought it was like a scene where it made me like not only like that's what I like about her and like it showed me what I like about her. But I did think and again, I think her daughter is very like lovely I think the two of them so this is no way and against them but I thought it was interesting that the daughter said that she thought her mother had um is like more of a role model for her now and who she is and how she's such this amazing woman because to me like and I had like I have a love for Dorinda I think Dorinda's scary lately she is I don't like her she's She's dark. She's dark. She's aggressive. She's mean. And she's like so just not regretful. Like she cannot apologize for not anything. Not at all. Ever. She, she, they've even on interviews like said, like you did this, like these, like you said these mean things, or like, don't you think the way you handled it was so aggressive and so scary? And she's like, no, I, I was right. And it's just shocking because, like, in certain ways, she does have very nice like traits and like she does I think sometimes do really lovely things but then she has these moments where she's so cruel there's just no remorse and her like not a bone in her body no and it's so funny because you see her daughter and her daughter's like so elegant like to me elegant so like uh, Alana always says this and I agree like looks like she should be working for like Vogue like she has this air about her like she's just so refined and like and she doesn't seem like also 
like somebody who wants to be fighting or doing that. And I think with Dorinda, like you could see the moment Tinsley left, she was so mad at Ramona for sticking up for Tinsley. She decided like, you're next then, I'm gonna bring you down. And it's like, why, why are you that angry? Why isn't she seeing anybody? Cause the guy, I that think guy's not helpful for her. <laughs> He's not right. She goes and she has her therapist like sessions filmed. Yeah, on- I remember when in the therapy and he was like, You're you like he's like, You're doing so well. And she's like, No, I'm not. I'm really angry. I'm this and that. And I was like, Yeah, why isn't he seeing that? Like it's clear she is in a dark spot. And I don't actually think like to me it seems like she never actually dealt with her husband's death. No. And- I felt like she must have, from the moment he died, started partying, started, like, trying to do anything not to deal with that, like, inner hurt. And I think now that she's officially broken up from John, she's, like, coming down from that, like, whatever it is. And is kind of mentally now, like, all of her anger from the fact that he, like, that life was taken away from her. But she... When she's in a good mood and in a good place, I think she's pretty. I think she's so smart. There is something I like about her. So I feel like she'd be the type of person that could meet somebody who's actually, like, good for her and she could have a whole new chapter. And she seems so stuck in, like, this dark, like, misery. What's his name? John? I mean, I think he was just obviously a a rebound. Ramona even saying she's like well he was just there you know he was there he was available well he was friends with her husband that's so gross so and I think even the husband I don't know it's like he is Richard encouraged it but like when he was dying like I think like he was like I don't know if she was with John but John was one of their friends like I think he was one of their party friends but I think he was one of their friends so there must have also been kind of a closeness like we both know Richard there's this but you can also see tell like even like from Dorinda's background like usually she seems like she's with very intellectual people like people like who are more political and who want to be more engaged and not like not be pretentious but she seems more like about that kind of crowd and John seems more like he's in the mob you know so I feel like it's just a completely different type of like well, I feel like she was that when she was Mrs. Medley, but she is not anything of that now, like, yeah. at all. And you know the daughter never liked John. No. Like, really never a fan. Um, but then circling back to Tinsley with Scott, like, he met her on reality TV. I agree. How can he be so upset that she's on the show and that's how you literally met your wife? Because I think for whatever reason, he didn't like the way their story was being portrayed. And I could be wrong, but I feel like at first he was fine with being on the show. And then I don't think he liked the way the girls were reacting and talking to Tinsley about him. And the more that went on, the more he was like, I'm going to like. I don't know that it did anything for his business. I don't think it took away or anything. He's, I bet he, isn't he like the Groupon, that kind of thing? Like he's the one that created all that stuff. He's the Coupon King. So, like, one of the things that for me was probably the most, like, shocking 
if not like cruel to my eyes and I felt like I felt like cruel to the world I didn't know what point they were trying to make but I felt like during this time it was unfair like especially during COVID that whoever dressed Luann to wear that sequence hat and that sequence blazer why like okay the sequence blazer I could get but that hat how dare they? Why? She looked like one of the village people at a disco. And who? Why? What stylist? Why didn't the doorman, why didn't any of her kids, why didn't somebody on the street go, no, no, don't make that decision. You're going to be on camera. People are going to see well, this. Well, I think the worst part was I thought she was already in costume. I thought that was her costume I thought she was a party. Well. And it was so sad because you could tell that the stylist made her do that because you could see she didn't know how to position it. It kept falling over her face. At one point, it was even down here, and I saw her kind of trying to lift it, and it couldn't get because she did not know how to wear it. And I really think, There's like... There's no way to wear that. No, there isn't. But where was the fashion police when we needed them? Well, Why I, didn't any of them come? I know we kind of already got past this before on our outfit, but did anyone else have any moment of curiosity as to why we were again at that weird shop, like the costume shop? Like, they'd already been there a few times this season. Like, was this like they were, like, getting some sort of payment for being No, I didn't even notice. I didn't even believe we went back there. I was like, again? Like, this place is not worthy of this many visits. Did Bravo make some sort of deal with them that there's some sort of financial kind of restitution to them if they shoot there on multiple occasions because this shop did not seem worthy of multiple shoots in this weird costume shop. And I don't truly believe that any of them even got their costumes there. Well, for me, I honestly didn't notice they were at the same costume shop because I was really just so distracted by that hat. And I really felt like, you know, we all (laughs) needed to take a stand and say, Luann, no, like why? And don't, like, I really think this is something, you know, a PSA I, should be made. I would have accepted Luann dressing like a village person if that had been her intent as costume. But her intent as costume was something entirely different. So then I just felt like there was some sort of joke I wasn't upon. Was she at some sort of dress rehearsal for the new cabaret, the, you know, Mary F kill cabaret that she's doing the like what was the story behind this outfit because an outfit like that cannot be worn without some sort of explanation no what were your thoughts on luann's uh attire to be honest i never think she gets it right i hate the way she dresses i think she's really one of the worst dressers on the show the necklaces no oh no no I don't like the beads I don't like the turquoise it's like it's too hippie for me and I'm I'm not into it no I just I agree with you I don't think she does like the thing that Luann but she's beautiful yeah is she's so beautiful she's aging so well that I mean time has just stopped with her that even though she always gets it wrong and I I agree with you on that I feel like her actual being is so right that it's almost a distraction I agree although one of the saddest things about the interview looks being um now the home interviews and they're like the rough cut interviews is that Luann's interview outfit this season was perfection it was the first time I ever thought she got it right like with the Chanel yeah she did look really fabulous she looked so chic she looked perfectly understated it it fit her though haircut her look her vibe and I just was really sad to see that go I was too 
it's funny with Luann because it's like you said, the way she carries herself, it's it's beautiful. She just needs better stylists. She needs you to yeah, in her she life. Does. She yeah. should she hire does ha- need to Stylishly solid. And Lou, if you're in Sag Harbor, we're more than happy to go to the Hamptons and find you and help a sister out. I agree. I concur. So Jill is back. Jill Zarin. Her name isn't Jill. It's Jill Zarin. And Do you I, think with her fiance Gary, she's still gonna be Jill Zarin? Because I don't want her to take anyone else's. I feel black like she'll name. always be Jill Zarin. She needs to be Jill Zarin and Zarin Fabrics, Bobby Dar- Zarin's wife. Jill is amazing. I think she should be a full time cast member. And she is a time capsule. And Alana has shocking news because Alana and I were discussing just the other day. Why wasn't Jill more in the episode? We were so excited. The world knew this was the episode she was going to be on. Alana, tell us. Well, actually, just five hours ago. Five hours, everyone. I read an article. So, well, Jill was being interviewed on Elise. And I don't know if you picked up on her this season, but she is sort of the friend of Ramona. But now I think I categorize her as frenemy of Ramona because Ramona was very shady with her on this episode and did not seem to want to give her her platform. But she has her own interview, so they're clearly testing the waters with that one. But she was interviewing Jill about her episode, and Jill said that she was actually supposed to attend the cash trip to the Berserkshires um, season 12, but was blocked from doing so by... Dorinda Medley and she said in this you know in the live stream that um Dorinda has been keeping her from the group getaway and that she even yelled bravo 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 now anyone who knows this if you yell bravo 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 it affects filming they they, they won't they show break that the fourth wall and they will not show it and apparently Dorinda did this so that um she was trying to affect Jill, you know, screen time she during the Halloween during party the in Halloween this episode. Party because she didn't want her to be on screen, on screen, sorry, and she didn't want her to because apparently, like Luann was kind of trying to bring Jill back as possibly kind of testing the waters for her to be back on the um, show full time. And Dorinda was not having it; she was not allowed to get her and giving her screen this time. Makes so much sense because if you watch the episode, and I even said to Alana, well, I have some quotes though oh, yeah. from Jill. She said, "I wanted to go to up go that weekend up to Dorinda's house. I'm glad I didn't because I think it would have been bad for me. But I wanted to, and Dorinda blocked me. Jill told Elise she was very mean to me at the party that night, at the Halloween party. And I said, I can't do this. She was so mean to me. And I said, you know, Dorinda, did I do something to you? You've been very mean to me. And she goes." Bravo, bravo, bravo. We're not going to do this on the show. You're using me to get on the show. Jill using Dorinda? Yeah, and Jill said that she did like Dorinda. She wrote, said, I like Dorinda season one. I don't like Dorinda this season. She's not nice. I think she's angry and hurt and coming from a place of all that. But I don't see her being very nice to anyone. And Elise was trying to suggest that, you know, with everything going on with her and her relationship with Don Medesian ending, you know, maybe, you know, her behavior was not a reflection of her true character and Jill slammed her behavior as vile and saying that, you know, she has been acting maybe that way because of the hardships, but that 
she was vile to me at the party. This is a quote from Jill. She was vile to me at the party that night. I don't know if maybe she just had a fight with John. I don't know what was going on with her life. All I know is she saw me as a huge threat. Jill needs to come back on. So that makes so much sense because during the episode, I was like messaging Ilana, like saying, you know, why isn't Jill on? They were saying and they gave her such a sore part. And then I thought Jill was hilarious because at one point you can hear her off camera. And then I knew I was like, something is happening between Jill and Dorinda because you hear her Jill saying, is this how how she always is when you walk in a room, Dorinda just attacks somebody. And then another point, Jill is saying, where's the priest? We need a confessional for Dorinda. Dorinda and you see Dorinda give her this like death look but that's all you really see of of her in this episode and I thought it was so weird and now it makes sense if Dorinda and her are fighting at that party and then they wouldn't really even show Jill on camera this Jill needs to be back Jill said that she wasn't prepared not this season and join the cast as some sort of series regular because she was already planning to go to Florida that was her intention and she said that she was surprised at Dorinda feeling she was a threat because her intention would have been to back Dorinda up against Ramona because she has a really good history with Dorinda apparently and obviously everyone knows her history with Ramona but I think that possibly just throwing this out there if she does come back next season, which I personally would love because I love one Jill Zarin, I think that, you know, this would have been a, like, great setup. Now, we know there's tension with Dorinda. We know that she has a past tension with Ramona. She's still cool with Luann. So I feel like, you know, maybe there's something there. And who knows? We might get Bethany back and get kind of to that core old cast. That would be Dorinda. the dream. I'm not – I don't know. I know that this is going against the whole entire – seems like – global population but i don't know if i'm as in love with leah as everyone else what do you think of her oh i like leah i mean she's a little out of the box but i thought she fit in really well with them and like she yeah and i don't even notice like the age difference because sometimes when a like a younger woman comes on and all the other ladies are a lot older and they get really judgy and insecure because this is now the young hot one coming on but she just vibed with them I thought really really well and then it's just when she gets to that certain point where she starts doing cartwheels like on the you know and at the dinner but then you know they all gang up on her but then also like look at Sonia she's a hot freaking mess at these dinners and like no one's saying that she's too much no but that's not really why I don't like I mean I So I agree with you. I thought she fit in seamlessly and I like that about her. I think, you know, the fact that Bethany recommended her, Bethany knows her stuff. She knows what makes good TV and she knows these women. So she knows what works. So I do think, you know, she was very comfortable. And she is like a Bethany-ish. She's not Bethany level, but she has Bethany vibes. Yeah, she has like that sort of vibe where you feel like almost like a viewer. Like she's also looking at these people from the same perspective that, you know, rational people are having and reacting. But I think what I wasn't liking about her is more like since she's kind of been on the show and her platform's grown and I've obviously paid attention more because she didn't exist to me before the show just because I didn't know who she was um I felt a little bit like what I'm seeing is someone who kind of is that person who online fights with people you know that person on Facebook who like fights political stuff with people or that person on you know Twitter who is like arguing with 
you know, some person who they disagree with, you know, about about something like, I know whether it's about politics or a movie or something really stupid and you see like this long Twitter thing, you're like, who actually has this conversation? You guys, it's a stranger, it's a crazy person. You don't need to actually like engage. And she seems like the type who does engage. And that is off-putting to me. So I feel like I'm not looking at her as do I like her, do I not as a first season. I mean, I agree. She's so seamless. I feel like, I feel like she's her. been there. Yeah. But I feel like what I'm seeing from her as we get to know her is also that she's a little kind of too comfortable everywhere. There's something to be said for someone who knows, you know, when not to fight. And I like my housewives messy and she's definitely got that gone down. But I also like my housewives to know, you know, when to clean it up. See and what I'm I not think, sure that she knows how to do that. I like Leah. I'm just on, like, I keep having these thoughts. Like when they show her like with Dorinda. her. I do like Dorinda. I was, I still like Dorinda. I just think she's in a really bad place. I think Dorinda has good qualities. And that right now she's just in a really dark, dark chocolate layer filled of like meanness and really cruel behaviors. But I think with Leah, the problem is, is that I don't know if I actually just care about her life. Like when she's going on about Rob and her Rob, right? I even wrote to Lana, I was like, unclear if I even care about what their relationship is at all. Like, I don't care. I don't care that they've had a past relationship. I don't care about her new Jewish boyfriend who seems like really Peanut weird. Chip. Yeah, and doesn't seem into her. Like, I like the nickname. I will give her that. Yeah, but I don't care about her fashion line. I don't think she seems like a fashiony person. I would not go to no. her for fashion advice. It's like Kyle Richards. Neither of them to me are people I am going to turn for for these things. So in that way, I'm like, do I care about Leah? But do I think when she's around these girls, she's hilarious and some of the commentary and how she fits in with them is perfect? No, I yeah. Do. I actually have to say, I thought she shines on screen when she's a drunk hot mess. So mm-hmm. that's not the part where I'm not into her. It's really the off-screen stuff. It's actually been in the last two weeks. Plus All she did that really Twitter annoying fights. watch yeah. what happened Interviews and she's been very dry and a little bit pretentious and a little bit of a know-it-all and not in a way where Bethany like you know one of my favorite moments in Bethany's entire history is when Heather calls her a know-it-all and she goes maybe I do maybe I know it all and if you want to know it all come to me because I know it all and I mean like that's why I love Bethany like Bethany's also great at doing interviews would like not have that kind of snappy repartee like she's not that kind of person she's not there yet but she's she's the type of person who was fighting with someone with like behind the screen I feel like you know you know send them links to like sites that that educate them on the things whatever the topic is and like that person is just so trying to prove themselves and like prove that they know better are smarter are more aware and are more evolved and more you know and that's what what do you do you care about robin what do you think do i care about rob the dad no Like I, at all. I do like her parents, Bunny and Ah, I, I thought her parents something. were kind of weird too. Wait, I wrote I their names down. Even I fast forwarded names. that scene. I, I thought it was weird that her dad seems to like I thought they were like a cute family, but was it me or did the dad have a drinking problem yet? They were letting him Bunny drink. and Brian. I'm a fan of Bunny and Brian. I want more of that. Leah getting a spin-off with Bunny and Brian. I oh, wasn't that engaged and in Sarah, it. And Sarah, her sister is very pretty. Her sister is really pretty. Oh, I like her. They hated the sister. They were so yeah. mean. Leah, 
I don't understand that. Like, what do you mean, really? You saw the episode. Wait, did you no? say you hated the sister? Because it cut out. Oh, no. I said they hated Yes, they I didn't get that. She was so cute, and she seemed so excited to meet them. And, like, I would have told my sister if they were already saying they didn't want her to come. Even if she was on her way, I would say, get a hotel she, room. Let's go, like, somewhere else. Let's make this. Like, even if we were filming, I'd come to you off camera. But she didn't want her sister. This is the thing. I thought about this. I put my mind to it. She didn't want her sister there for her sister. She wanted her sister there for her. So, like, imagine I'm in a hostile situation with people I don't get on with that I'm filming with that, like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm also depressed and angry. Who am I calling? My sister. You. And I don't care if anyone tells me you can't come. I will shove my foot through their body and bury but them. But don't you think you would tell us that you would have us go to another hotel at night? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even hang out filming? with them. And if I was filming with them, I'd bring you along, and it would be us against them. So that part I get actually, because these people don't matter to her. No, I agree, but I would still. I would have told. Like I wouldn't have you staying at that house. No, what I wouldn't have done, which is what she did do with her sister, is like engage. I would disengage, so I wouldn't stay at the house if yeah. I didn't want or if I did stay in that same property I just wouldn't do activities I'd be like it's clear you don't want my sister here I want to be respectful like if this is not what you want on this girl's trip but my sister's coming she's coming for me and if you have an issue with that then it's cool like thanks yeah. for the and trip. I wouldn't have gone up to Ramona like if I'm that sister who just came to visit you, you're Leah and I'm the other one. Like, I wouldn't have gone yeah. up to Ro Sarah. I wouldn't have gone up to Ramona and be like, you've been ignoring me this whole time and very rude to me. Like, I would have been with Alana. But that's why, like, you know, I have go. to say, Jersey was at its best. But they got mad at the, show. no, but what really happened also that night with Leah is that she got mad that that guy who was her, her age or a little older than her was flirting with Ramona and all the other but girls. But because they wanted to eat. But she also said she thought it was weird that they weren't attracted to her and her sister. She said that they but should have been that into that. But same guy, it turned out he's like some politician. Yeah, and he's he got married. In trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but, no, no, but not just that he's married. He got in trouble for something like kind of gross. Like, I, I don't remember what it something was. Something did happen there was with a him. But Leah was upset that he didn't want to flirt with her. She even said that on camera, that it's weird that he would rather flirt with these women when her and her sister are Okay, there. but to be fair... Ramona you can see that in your head. Beautiful. Sonia is beautiful. Luann is they're like senior citizens. Beautiful. What? I said, yeah, but they're like senior citizens. But Luann isn't. Because, uh, I, so was she 60 though? Like, Luann that, they're all 60. Luann is 60? Let me I look this Listen, so, like, even though Sonia is rode hard and put away with, she is so beautiful. I mean, one of the most disturbing things about this episode to me was seeing her as this, like, drunk, hot mess at the party and then seeing how beautiful and peaceful and ethereal she looked. 55, everyone. 55. She looked in her interviews. I mean, I think Sonia. Sonia is beautiful. Beautiful. But Sonia is 56. So Ramona is the oldest. And Sonia knows how to hoe. I mean, one of one of the things that she's even and so has criticized others home. is not knowing how to hoe. Properly. Wait, speaking of hoe, who's like, isn't William someone's hoe? Oh my god, that was amazing. That William, when when Dorinda was like William, 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 and I was like, oh my god, that's the new Giovanni. 
because she will not stop saying it. Yes, I think he slept with Ramona. And I think Ramona doesn't want us to know. But then he was sitting next to... Was William who went to the restaurant? Dorinda is the one who invited him. I think knowing that Ramona and him had something off camera. Yeah, I think they might have like a regular kind of like little detente. And then I and think, I don't think Ramona wants the world because I don't think Ramona likes when the younger yeah, men. Yeah, Ramona's so thing. funny. She doesn't mind talking about stuff in like metaphor, but when you try to pin her down in information, she gets very like shy and coy. Yeah, and I don't think she wanted to know. But is it he was. she ditched Tinsley for? Not no no. That's not the same. No, part. that was an old man. This is a young guy, William. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I'm mixing up Remember because during... I think that man was um that man also I think she's at the fine. party though, right? What? No. He came to the party. The Halloween party. Are you talking about Red Scarf guy? No. No, no. You there's this big fat guy you know, that he's meets not like the... fat, but he's like a large gentleman. Like he looks tall and big and wide. So a big fat curvaceous guy <laughs> who, who when she's saying goodbye to Dinsley, that's who she had a date with, and she's kind of he's standing behind her. Yeah, I remember but a lot of, like everyone is guy, like at one point dated him apparently yeah. and Tinsley did. Oh really? Yeah, she said oh, she's like, Oh, I know Harry. that guy. Harry. No, no, not Harry Dubin. Everyone no. knows Harry. Everyone knows Harry. This isn't Harry. This was like an Italian mobster looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. No. But like probably we'll find out he's like Armenian. Yeah. No, but William Alana was a young man. No, a no, no. Now I remember. Yeah. Aren't you glad I brought William? Yeah. And I think Dorinda wanted the world to know that Ramona and him have something what that Ramona did not want. What is with these guys in New York who are like, you know, 20 something year old guys sleeping with these women who are older than their mothers i don't know when you lived in new york city did you know anyone who was doing this type of stuff no i mean i didn't really have much of a social life but um i like that about who knows maybe maybe she gives a good bj maybe she pays him she looks like she does all these women look like they know how to work their their way around sonia and luann i feel like must be really sonia and luann i would put money down that they're probably like the best people like maybe even internationally just acrobatics i mean i feel like what goes on in the bedroom with them is i don't know about ramona i don't get ramona being that like she plays like the whole little Catholic. Sonia is a jokester. Star. She likes to pretend like she is coy and proper and ladylike. I am telling you, she probably taught Sonia how to do whatever Sonia's doing. Really? Yeah. You think? Yeah. And then she giggles and walks out of the room, and Sonia's like, I can do this thing. And Ramona's <laughs> like, Don't say that. <laughs> I love that theory. I think it's spot on. She's a show. She, she is. is. I mean, but that's why I love them. I love I, New York is easily my favorite of the housewives because they're so funny and they're so full of contradiction and they just ha- bring so much to everything they bring. But I think that's a good way, like I'm saying that, like there's this article, kind of, or this post on Instagram that both of us saw, where it basically was saying like this has been one of the most boring seasons of New York. And I don't agree. You look like you do, maybe, Christina. But I don't agree. I've actually really liked this season. I miss so much Bethany, but I always do. And I know she's coming back. That show she did that, whatever, I know that they did a promo for it. No one's going to watch that. Like, Bethany needs to be on Housewives, whether she's producing it from behind the scenes like this year 
or she's officially back on camera. She is meant to be ruling the girls. Obviously, look what she did. When she left, she left Dorinda in charge, and things are not working out well. So Bethany needs to head back. But this season has been crazy. There has been so much drama. I mean, we are literally seeing Dorinda's breakdown every episode and her targeting and bullying a new person well now that she has her eyes set though on ramona now it's a gonna be much more interesting because it's her a fair bullying game. tinsley who is like i'm not fighting back and it's like bullying me well i just feel like it's like bullying silly putty like but i think she's trying somebody. to aggressively beat something that is gum gum like but i think texture. it's bullying also somebody who doesn't like to fight back and is gonna no, just no, no. you like, fight back i don't know. you yeah, but yeah. to more to people i don't know i don't fight but back. what i think is like someone who is Ramona's not gonna game. fight her has been gross to watch she wants to get Ramona gets the gets, nastiest, you know, in a war with Ramona. That will make good TV, and I really hope the second half produces that. Yeah, because Ramona doesn't take anything. No, Ramona knows how to destroy a person's soul. She knows how to look at them and say exactly the thing that they need to hear in order to be completely broken and sawed in half, and their entire like being be frazzled like an electric shock. But maybe Dorinda needs That's her skill set. She should Maybe Dorinda needs a little of somebody who will come back at her so then she can kind of be like, what is happening? Well, I always think that can do that is Bethany. I am pretty sick of the Dorinda show. Like she thinks that she's now the matriarch of the show. And I think that's why she doesn't want Jill to come back because Jill has a very strong presence. Like, she could be the matriarch of the group. She doesn't want to give up her power. I agree. I agree. But I think that Ramona will just break her to the point where she thinks she can just get up for one more shot. And then Bethany, like an angel, can walk through those doors, ushered behind her with, like, her team of warriors all named Jill Zarin and that will just really reshape the show into what it should be because I'm really like I said I like Leah she can stay I'm not saying go away but I don't think she's Dina said it she's not interested I'm not interested in her life like I'm not saying that mean but she hasn't given me anything that I'm like ooh, tell me more. I do like her sister I will say that they could bring I'm her very sister interested more. in her sister I would like to learn more. I think just imagine this cast walk down this imaginary path with me okay we've got Luann we've got Sonia we've got Ramona re-entrance of Jill and Bethany and Dorinda and Leah can do kind of like we can have her kind of popping around too that's a cast right yeah, there. That is an interesting show. But we need those two people back. We need them. I've never had more of a feeling that two kind of old school alums need to come back. Usually I'm like, you know what, move it forward. Keep it going. There's always someone new. But Jill, Zarin, and Bethany together on screen in this beautiful bubble with Ramona, with Sonia. I mean, this, that, that's how we get things like Crazy Island. I want the good old days. Without must be the original cast except for that loser Alex. Yeah, oh, but now we've got Leah, but now we've got Leah, we've got Dorinda who we Dina and I did spot her during Jill Zarin's um benefit that she had where she got in a fight with Ramona cuz she drank her own Was wine that, that she bought to auction off. One of the seasons. Yeah. And it yeah. was 
just a real classic. And I feel like you also know, you see Dorinda. I would be okay right with Dorinda being a friend of. I dare say it. I'm just yeah. Dorinda's story is circling. Yeah, like demote Dorinda to friend of. Speaking of friends, what do we think of Elise? So everyone, when I hear, you know, as a Viva Drescher would say, the word on the street, is like they're not into her, and I kind of am. I mean, I'm not into her in the sense of like I don't know anything about her. They haven't given us much of her backstory, so I don't have a feeling. Like I know her husband. She said that Ramona stopped being friends with her the moment her husband divorced her. Maybe, but that's the thing. Like I don't know enough of her story, her backstory, to be attached to her. But I, everyone to say, oh, she's forgettable. She's this. She's that. And I mean, you did forget her, so there's something to be said about. Honestly, that, but... I do find her a little forgettable. But I actually, what I like about her, which I always like in a show, is that she authentically has friendships with all these women. She genuinely social. I mean, what's great about New York is they all do socialize together, but she's part of that social group. So there's no history with these women with her that isn't extremely layered. And that always makes really interesting TV because then it's not just about this. It's about this. It's about this. And I feel there's something that can kind of be developed up there. I think we can keep her as a friend of. I don't think I need her to be elevated to housewife status because I think I've made a perfect lineup with the people I've already suggested and I'm kind of tied to that but I think there is something there worth developing we can kind of poke that bear a little more see what roars I feel like we really covered everything about the New York Housewives we're so excited for Beverly Hills to come back this week and we can't wait to share some exciting news about that but we have an amazing interview coming up with the fierce walker so excited that we had um, the amazing opportunity to speak with Raila Tavieta, the Fierce Walker. She also has another Instagram called the Fierce Slay. And she has done so much amazing work to help the LGBTQ community as well as amazing work in fashion. She has just broken barriers so many barriers. in so many different forms. And we had... Such an amazing conversation, and the best thing is that it left us truly inspired to do some good work ourselves. So, so we can't wait to get into that but before we interview her. Christina, can you please tell all everyone who's listening where to stalk you? Yeah, where can they find you? Oh, absolutely. So I have Instagram, of course, Christina Claire Photo. Christina's with the C-H-R. Um, I'm really everywhere, Christina Claire Photo. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and then my website and portfolio is ChristinaClairePhotography.com. Well, also, just as a side note to anyone listening, please check out her TikToks. They're hilarious. They're amazing, and you can also see her amazing work on our Instagram. She is our um, photographer for everything we do our creative director as we said earlier so pretty much wherever we go she yeah. is with us if you like what you see when you see us it's all thanks to her <laughs> thank you girls thank you. you love you love you so much it's so fun having you on today and we hope that you'll join us again i love to hug virtual hugs Huge fans, you have no idea. We are. You're looking both amazing. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I just.
took a shower because no, no my hair is wet too actually i have a shower and you're so stunning i mean i'm a, we both like everything you post your visuals are just beyond to me oh sorry <laughs> thank you so much um i really appreciate it um you know uh i didn't expect this to happen because you know i feel like whenever i talk to on on my social media i feel like i'm just talking to my friends I love that there is there's such an intimacy and you're just so knowledgeable and so smart. So it's so interesting like from your stories. I love when you were first saying like I think this was a couple of uh, maybe a month yeah. ago but you had comments about how like you know stories are more right now important so you're not going to be posting so much on your feed and I thought that was um you kind of went into like a long thing about but I thought it was so interesting because I do think that's true I think people right now are going so much for your story and then when you started your new account it was so to me inspirational and I just I'm obsessed with you so um I know. Um, I just want our, our viewers, um, the people who are going to be listening, to get to know a little bit about you. Can you like say um, your name and a little bit about your two different accounts and kind of what you represent so they can get an idea? So my name is Raul Taviera, Raul Alexis Taviera. I'm a Filipino-Lebanese-Syrian. I'm a fashion creator and digital brand consultant. So basically, I help brands to have a proper curation of their social media feed, their campaigns, um, art direction for some shoots, um, and then I also curate pieces for them straight from the runway. That's why oh. I always attend oh. the Fashion Week. Oh, that's oh, very exciting. Job. How and did then, you get... Oh, sorry, uh, you go. I have two accounts, which is the Fierce Walker and the Fierce Lay. The Fierce Walker, it's all about instigates inclusivity and diversity in the fashion industry. So basically, I use Fierce Walker or my persona as Fierce Walker to help people to be fierce, to empower themselves, no matter who they are, what they are, where they came from. It's all about what's inside of them and let it show, let it shine from within. And then I also have the Fierce Lay, which is I post my daily stuff the things that i love the things i personally like why i did this it's because on the fierce walker a lot of people are following me who are creative directors designers uh pr i have to be very careful on curating things that i share curating things that i actually need to help people to to be themselves and not just things that you know normal stuff I want things that has a story. I want things that will make an impact. That I make sure that every post that I do speaks volume for its own. And then the fiercely, it's all about like a shake it off kind of post. You know, I want to get loose. I want I want things that I I things that I don't want to curate or things that I am doing now here in Barcelona. Because uh, I used to live, I, uh, I studied in London for four years. Oh, we I did used too. In CSM. Oh, lovely. And we then, did like fashion. Yes, and then I used to live in Singapore for one year to study also. Wow. And then um, I also, I went to Dubai for six years and lived there with my whole family. 
because my mom was there for almost 18 years. And then I have two siblings. Um, and then now I'm here in Barcelona. And I can't wait to share with you more on the coming uh, minutes or hours how I came here and how the story evolved. Oh, yes, we can't wait to hear. We have lots of um, questions for you. And again, we're just so honored that like you're willing to yeah, be really, here for Yeah, really, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Definitely we... always welcome for you, ladies. Oh, you're amazing. So um, we kind of went through the first question. So we wanted to um, know where you think kind of Instagram and the fashion is going, especially with I know everything that's happening right now um, with like the luxury stores. And I don't know if you, I bet you've seen yes. like all over Instagram, they're showing I'm everything. And actually, you know, last week we really thought the focus when we were recording the um podcast we pre-recorded some of it earlier in the week and what we were talking about was how seasons and trends have been so affected by the coronavirus and the quarantine and everything but now with everything else happening it feels like a much bigger topic has opened yes uh as you all know i'm a big activist for um lgbtq plus a i'm a big activist most especially for transgenders Yes. I'm working towards diversity and inclusivity in the fashion industry. First, let's talk about the future of Instagrammers or bloggers. Yes. Um, I think now we will filter out the people who are doing it for their passion for fashion. And we will see people who are really passionate on what they're really doing. Um, we'll filter out what kind of people or creators who they really are, what kind of story they can tell. Because uh, now it's lockdown. Most countries are on lockdown. And I feel like if you have a lock of um, things in life and you only have few stuff, you tend to be more creative. If you are really creative or if you really want something, you love something, you will make out of it, you know? Because scarcity creates demand. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, and then I feel like now we will see more people who are really, who will really shine. Like you ladies, I love your content. Oh, I thank you. It's such so an honor coming from you. I really, I can't think of a, a better compliment. Especially I want from to see friends. more people like you. And I want to see ladies who are empowered like you. You know, like showcasing your work, showcasing your own personal style. But you're very unique. You're, you're, you're both unique on, on different stuff. And, I, and that's what I love about it. Well, really, thank you. We feel the same about we, you. Yeah, right? you're so inspirational. I can't think of who could possibly give us a bigger, better compliment coming from you. It's such a high standard. I'm like, Phil, I'm getting red. <laughs> so yeah, um, I want to see people like us building the community, building what creators should be, you know. And then I also want to talk about the future of the fashion industry so now that a lot of brands already signed 
that it will be now two seasons. Yeah, so, Gucci came out with that officially as well. And I can't wait. I can't wait to to see how digital and the physical fashion week will come hand in hand to deliver a different kind of experience. Because this is what the fashion industry should be doing five years or ten years ago. I agree. As someone, though, who attends Fashion Week, I know for Dina, when I were talking about it, how disappointed, you know, Dina will be if she's not traveling as much to the Fashion Week, not doing the because the performance of it all is such a joy. How do you feel? Um, I feel sad and I feel happy. First, I feel sad because I miss doing uh traveling from different kinds of cities. I miss doing um, um, eating Chinese food <laughs> or Asian <laughs> comfort food on yes. with my friends and just, you know, just enjoying the fashion week on, on each cities. Um, but at the same time, I feel happy. It's because it's about time. Because I can see TikTokers, Instagrammers, or so-called influencers who really doesn't have an idea of fashion week, who didn't study fashion, who didn't really love fashion, but they just want to make money out of fashion. And I was just like, stop. It's so tacky and yeah. it's very cheap to see those kinds of people just walking around for street style just to say, just for the sake that they are into fashion week. But unfortunately, they're just garbage. Yeah. I, uh, we, we were recently talking with um, some people who are going to, you know, work with us for PR and branding, and they were saying what makes us unique in um, our kind of in the influencer industry. And we said, well, the probably biggest thing is besides being sisters that work together, we are actually, both of us have masters in fashion from one of the best schools in the world for fashion. And we're actively working. And we're working. actively work as stylists in the industry. And it's so rare, nine out of 10 times you hear the influencer story and they say, I didn't work in fashion at all. And I just started putting pictures up of myself and they're all of a sudden considered a expert in the field when they have absolutely not put in the knowledge and work in understanding the history even from where it comes and i find it very condescending to everyone who works so hard in the industry that these people consider themselves an authority and are considered an authority even by people in the public that's why i feel like you know us who are working in the fashion industry us who are working on making the industry to be better, we are not getting the right amount of attention from the PRs, from the brands, from the designers. We are not getting the proper, um, uh, what do you call this? Platform. Uh, service. Yeah. What should be on how we will deliver stuff because we are doing shoots, we are styling celebrities, models, we are uh, doing campaigns. And yet, we are not getting the right amount of attention just because these so-called TikTokers or Instagrammers are, um, what do you call this, borrowing the stuff that we should be getting first. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I do think like kind of what you were saying, I think it's a time. I know that they're saying there's another revolution, but I do think there's a fashion revolution happening where people actually want to be advised by experts who are actually knowledgeable, not just these kind of, I don't want to say like beautiful, like model type people, but people who really just haven't actually worked and studied and really are working with other people because I've noticed with influencers who are saying they're stylists they're dressing other people for them they're not dressing people like as stylists which is something that's so unique so that's why you're such a rarity and that's the, those are the people who I know we want to see who become like the top top and who are really like advising on Vogue and all of these other platforms because you really do know what's going on your boots on the ground Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate all your kind words. But for me, it's, at the end of the day, it's all about professionalism. At the end of the day, it's all about how we deliver. People are not judging us of who we are, but people judge us on how we deliver in this industry. I agree. Um, so wise. Um, so um, I want to get a new... I just want to, because you mentioned something before and we kind of cut you off when you were starting to talk, but you said that you were really involved in the LGBTQA community. And I just wanted to know how you see that changing with the evolution that is happening right now, because you started to say something that sounded interesting and I felt bad we cut you. So, sorry. so basically, um, I saw Teddy Quinn Levin, uh, who is a model, of Chanel Beauty. She's the first transgender to be on the face of Chanel Beauty. And seeing trans visibility on the media or on the luxury brands nowadays, it makes me more proud to be a transgender or to become a different kind of woman of today. Yeah. You know? Like, it's all about how we progress as an industry because people are following us at the end of the day whatever we show on ads or campaigns people will see it as normal people will normalize things that they see so if we are seeing diversity uh black people on campaigns asian people on campaigns um south american north american people on campaigns i feel like it's all about how inclusive the industry are and it's opening doors for everyone. But they know like right now it's everything happening with the uh, looting and everything. You know, a lot of people are expressing they don't feel their voice is being heard. So it's nice to hear that there are people who feel the door is opening instead of closing. Yeah, the door is opening because even the fashion industry, a lot of influencers now, a lot of bloggers now, or people who works in the industry now are sharing about Black Lives Matter. They're sharing what is really happening because they have a partner who is Black. They have friends who are Black. They, have, they are working with people who are Black. And I don't see any problem at all why people are making an issue just because of their skin color. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. We live in such an an insane world because in so many ways there's so much beauty to it, but the way the hatred goes and how you can judge somebody for something just so ridiculous and like... I mean, I always think about this. We work in an industry where we, on a day-to-day, try to make the world more beautiful. And it's always disappointing to me when I see people who choose to make the world uglier. 
That's true. And I couldn't stand, to be honest, I couldn't stand those people. It's disgusting to see racism everywhere. And to be frankly honest with you, it's happening in the fashion industry, which it should stop. Yeah. Because it's not really helping. You know, it's uh, not really helping to progress, most especially on fashion weeks, on campaign ads, on projects. Like, let's all be inclusive. Let's all be di- let's diversify our campaigns and the work that we are doing in order to have a better future for the future generations, you know? I think that was you, Daddy. <laughs> said, yeah. Like, so just sort of um, moving on to... <laughs> The next question, just because we know your time, we don't want to keep it too mm. much. But um, you talked a bit about your career history, but actually, how did you get started? How, what was your path to where you, to get to where you are today? Okay, so I took almost four fashion courses, which is fashion design in the Philippines, fashion styling in Singapore, art direction for fashion in Central Saint Martin. Luxury brand management and product design in London College of Fashion. And then I also have a mass communication bachelor in the Philippines before I went to Singapore. I didn't finish it. Uh, I'm on, on the third year. But I feel like I grasp things when it comes to media, the things that I only want. I don't want to do my thesis. It's because, you know, it's not really my passion. That's why I pursue my thesis on luxury brand management and product design. And then I feel like I'm already equipped. And then I went to Dubai. When I went to Dubai, I've seen a lot of people who are working in a restaurant, who are working as a nanny, as a helper, as a babysitter. And I feel like there's a problem. Why is it... Asian, Southeast Asian people are always stereotyped when it comes to the Middle East. And I feel like there's a solution to everything. And why not do something or be clever about it? Because I studied here and there, and then I will be doing this work. I mean, I'm not saying this kind of work are not good, or I'm not saying that uh, they're not noble. But I feel like for someone like me, who has really a passion and drive when it comes to media and when it comes to fashion, why not pursue something on that kind of job? Yeah. You know? Right. So my mom told me, okay, you want to pursue fashion? Then go first to 7-Eleven. And I was just like, why 7-Eleven? Because you will learn a lot. And I feel like, what do you mean? And then she said, find it yourself. So I applied for 7-Eleven. I'm the one of the convenience the store? convenience store. Oh, okay. I just I didn't know if there was another. Uh, I am I'm, I'm one of the uh, pioneers of 7-Eleven convenience store in the Middle East, particularly uh-huh. in Dubai. So it you did media or? So basically, I become one of the store staff of 7-Eleven. I was trained by Japanese people for six months. And then after studying the market, learning things and that, my salary wasn't enough. Because my salary that I am getting is only 
300 euros per month. That's oh, wow. insane. And then my rent is actually on a small, small room with seven people in one room. It will cost me around 150 so euros. To share so half of my salary just to share with people. So I feel like, okay, this is not enough for me. I need to do something. So I try to research on what kind of people are there in Dubai and then what are the things that I should do when it comes to fashion. And then there comes the bloggers. What are the bloggers? Who are they? Are they celebrities? And then I was just like, I can be a blogger. (laughs) I opened my first blog on Tumblr. And then from there... I get to be invited by PR agency. And then after six months, I was get to know by people of Michael Cinco. Michael Cinco is a well-known Filipino fashion designer who is based in Dubai and who dress up Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez, Lady Gaga, Christina Aguilera, Mariah Carey, and other big international celebrity and Miss Universe winners. And Michael Cinco introduced me to the fashion world. And then also Michael Cinco introduced me to Maria Mosali. Maria Mosali, she is my former boss who is a big name in the Saudi market because she owns a luxury consulting company called Nish Arabia. So Maria Mosali is empowering Saudi women to the international fashion stage and she saw my potential and she helped me and become her protege and I was just like let's do it uh working with Maria Masali while I'm based in Dubai and then after working with Mariam for almost two years uh that's where my fashion career started where magazine starts to um publish my life story from 7-Eleven to become one of the most influential Filipinos in the Gulf and uh, becoming one of the people who is doing fashion weeks, competing with other nationalities, doing London, Paris, Milan, and being the only Filipino getting invited to big fashion brands, uh, fashion shows. That's amazing. Honor paving the way for LGBTQ plus a community and people from Southeast Asia showcasing that we can do more, that you have to just dream big, be ambitious about it, and just go for it, find solutions, execute flawlessly. I think we will all make it. We will all get what truly makes us happy. And for me, what really makes us, what makes me happy is actually seeing people like me enjoying the things that I did for them. Aww, I can listen, listen to your beautiful heart. And you're so wise. Yeah, you have such <laughs> like a soul. You, I, I, I love you. So too. we were wondering then, like, what inspires your work? People. I love 
having a cafe on random areas uh, in Soho in London or in Milan near Domo um, or no. sometimes in, in Paris the small shops there and then just seeing people seeing effortlessly how they carry themselves I actually love old women those old rich women who are effortlessly classy, who are effortlessly fabulous. And it inspires me, how will I turn that kind of confidence, that kind of passion to people who are not really into fashion? And it inspires me to style people, normal people, style things that actually not really normal and make it normal. That's why if you will notice on my um, Instagram feed, I'm using sometimes uh, banana leaves. I'm using uh, a hat or a Chinese fan or different kinds of stuff, like normal stuff that you can see on, on the stores and making it a high fashion. Yeah. No, you really I do. That. I think you're, yeah. the way your the visual feed is so like you're engaged and you want to like learn more and like almost jump into the picture. And I just it's love very that. artistic. You know, for us, we always say fashion is wearable art, and it's so nice when you see someone who has this like your know, brilliant ability to make this art so very democratized and wearable. It's very exciting. <laughs> to see everything you do and um when um oh sorry no just the next question we had i'm gonna dina i'm gonna skip to six and okay okay because it goes so well okay which is like i just want to know what are your favorite brands like to work with to wear yourself i know it's a hard question to, <laughs> to be frankly honest with you i love vintage stuff it's more sustainable for me I think I uh, I love repeating my clothes, but doing it on a different level. Like if I wear my coat, I will the next time I will wear the back side of it and just put a belt, and then put a scarf just to look like it's not the same as what I wore. Um, and then I also love okay for basics. I love Uniqlo for inners. Um, I love Georgian designers, Tbilisi, de Tbilisi designers. I'm supporting up-and-coming Tbilisi designers. Paco Mekavice material. Um, I'm also supporting Laco Bukia. Uh, I'm also supporting brands from Copenhagen. I love, uh, love Ghanis. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then, what else? I love up-and-coming designers more like the luxury brands. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, I want a fresh take. I want a fresh uh, approach when it comes to fashion. The fresh ideas of the young generation. I love that. I don't want things that are already commercialized. So if that. you had a client who said to you, you know, I'm new to fashion, what brand will help me, you know, not feel too intimidated and break into fashion? Is there a brand that you would say, try this one? 
of course my clients my yeah. my my friends uh were upcoming designers i always want to support them more than anything than this big conglomerate companies i feel like if we are helping those up and coming designers it will generate more talent and more profit for them that will help their families. So what has been, as of lately, your favorite form of social media or media? Is there a certain platform you really love right now? Or is there a new one that you're kind of working on? So basically, I love um, I love Instagram. However, now that I'm here in, in Barcelona, which is more like, freedom for me from Dubai because in Dubai there's a lot of restrictions there's a lot of things which is not allowed for someone like me to do so I want to open a YouTube channel I want to do TikTok yes. posts how to walk fiercely yes. how to style effortlessly and just share more my knowledge on the different kinds of platforms and then I want to help talent I want to showcase talents of people who have really authentic talent that nobody can copy. I love that. Well, you're definitely that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and um, um, what has been your like favorite trends right now, or do you feel like because right, um, you know, they're saying there's no season. Is there no like trends really that are inspiring you, or is there any you like right now? I don't really follow trends, to be honest with you, unless the campaign needs to. But for me, when it comes to my work for Fierce Walker, I have my team in London, Paris, Milan, Tbilisi, and Copenhagen. Whenever I come to the city, I always make sure I do it my way. I have the 100% full control of the whole mood board, of the whole art direction, and let me tell you this. Most of my assistants or most people who are part of my team are guys. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't very... have women on my team. Why is that? Men are actually more critical when it comes to fashion. If you have boyfriends or if you have a husband, and when they uh, ask you, change your outfit, it, this one is much better. And it really actually works. <laughs> I don't think Do you know, a lot of my husband, he, that 99% of the time, he's very much like, oh, my love, you look so beautiful. But when he doesn't like something, it sticks with me so much because it, it like, it must not be my best thing, is what I'm thinking, because he always thinks of me the most beautiful, very like complimentary, and he knows my cuts, my body better than anyone else. <laughs> so, so when he tells me something is not his taste or not flattering me, I know he is right 100%. <laughs> actually, I don't know, but for me, it actually works, to be honest with you. It actually works for me. But I don't know for you ladies if actually your men friends are helping you on your style or on your shoes. I don't know. 
Her husband, my husband is very fashionable, so if he doesn't like something, I will then be like, should I change? No, my husband, <laughs> he, he's not the type that, like, I have a lot of clients I style whose husbands are overly opinionated and they don't know what they're talking about and they're just, it's almost a way of bullying in my opinion. But not my husband is not like this he loves fashion he's uh, he has always had an appreciation for the industry he's been so supportive of my career and i think not just because he's a beautiful person with a nice heart and is supportive but also because he actually appreciates it and understands sort of the beauty and the art of it so even when he dresses himself he has amazing style. He always said if I was a man, I'd want to dress like him. <laughs> so I appreciate when he has an opinion on my on my dressing. So, you know, like when I'm getting ready for an important meeting or something, I'll come out and he'll be sitting in the living room and I'll come out in a bunch of different looks and be like, you know, which is my best? What do you like best? And he'll always tell me, oh, why don't you take the skirt from the first look and the top from the third look and put those together? You're going to like it. And I always do. Okay, I can hire your husband. On my yeah. team now? Okay. <laughs> He'll be no. good. You know, the problem is he works in finance and it keeps him very busy, but <laughs> he'll do, he can do some consulting. He can do part-time. There's yeah. no yeah. problem. I can accept part-time work on my team. It's fine. <laughs> I love know how much you have such a global reach because all the different countries you even do stuff so, for, it's so amazing. It's, yeah, it, it really offers a lot of opportunity to kind of tap into different things because each country has such a different approach to fashion and what's working. So you're not really stuck on one country's even But she's like, you're also probably able to represent so many different voices and actually understand yeah, like the that. kind of cross-cultural psychology of like all these different sort of things that are happening. It's so interesting and so cool. What do you think the role of that will play when you're doing your campaigns? Because so much of the work in campaigns are so season-based. I think a lot will change also. A lot will change when it comes to campaigns. I think we will, we will become more timely. We will become more relatable to people. Because at the end of the day, we need to sell. And when we sell, and when this season's come, I feel like when we do a shoot, it becomes more cohesive. Because it's always on point when everything is timely. Unlike if it's six months prior to the season, I, I don't really enjoy it. Why don't we shoot spontaneously? And that's what I love about it. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's true. That's amazing. Um, what do you think is the most memorable uh, moment from your career so far? Uh, it's hard. <laughs> I think traveling every three months to different cities just to search for the finest textiles search for the up-and-coming designers and also working towards different tourism agencies. Oh, wow. That's so good. Just to elaborate, when you say that you're searching for new designers, how does that journey go for you? Like, I'm looking for up-and-coming designers, searching for real raw talent from each cities that represents this city is about or this kind of culture um, 
How do you hear about the research on social media or do you... I always do my research. I always ask my team to do a thorough research when it comes to tribes, when it comes to up-and-coming designers, students. Um, I always search for it, most especially on Instagram or Twitter. And now it's more than much easier than before because now when people like something they hype about it so i always make a research about those designers and try to contact them try to bring them in on board on my team and then doing shoots for them doing a campaign for them including them on some celebrities some private clients that i'm doing and then just letting the relationship evolve from there it's so good. It's so amazing because you're pro- you're offering so much opportunity to other people. I love how it's such a um, collectivist, like we're all kind of growing. That's what I like about TikTok because I feel like sometimes Instagram is a bit more um, like about being kind of your own self. Yes. But it, TikTok is all about kind of coming together, sharing ideas, really voicing. So I think, yeah, from just our conversation, I think you're going to really love TikTok because the very major differentiation between the Instagram community versus the TikTok community is Instagram is about showcasing yourself and TikTok is about sharing with everyone how you accomplish something so they can accomplish it too. And so a lot of the videos are tutorials where people said, this is how I did this. This is what I did. These are the brands I work with. This is who I contacted, who gave me my first opportunity. You know, these are the brands that pay me for this or this is it. I mean, there is so much sharing of information on TikTok that it because we are new to TikTok as well. So when we came on, it was almost shocking. Like first you'd see someone say, oh, we have to follow this person because they're sharing this information as if we found some sort of gem. And then we realized that the whole community is really that way. It's amazing. I hope that yeah, you what... need to teach me, girls. You need to yeah, teach me how to do TikTok. You're going to be amazing. We'll have like a TikTok date and yeah. we'll walk you through. Let's do it. I had someone to help us. I found these um, tutorials with Dina and I, not <laughs> myself, but um, from like these 11 year old kids on YouTube who would walk us through it. <laughs> I even text one of the girls I work with, her daughter, who is 10. I even text her one day and was like, Can you ask your daughter this thing for me? Because I couldn't figure something out. <laughs> But we can do everything. We got it now. Please, yeah, now. please, oh. I need it. <laughs> You're gonna love it, especially with all of your cool outfits. Oh my you manipulate things. But even like just the ideas you have, where you're, you know, you can, you know, be wearing a jacket, slap your finger, and it's on reverse, and snap it again, and it's on a different way. You snap your finger, and you can jump. We can show you how to so cut it. Amazing, so you can cut it. Please, because I'm not really techy about it. Like, uh. I always hire freelance people, but I'm not, me as a person, I'm not really good at editing videos. I'm not really good at editing audios. I'm not really good on technical stuff, but I'm more like into creativity, but on storytelling side. Well, honestly, it has been a new learned skill, and I was extremely intimidated. Dina and I were just talking about this recently by the whole thing because most of the people on it are, you know, 10 years or more younger, and they've been using tech even longer than we have. And also, just there was it's just so new, and there's so much to take in. But 
once you get it yeah and the one good thing about the time where we were all in our home environments was you really had the time to sit for hours and deep dive into these youtube tutorials so then everything you see it you know it's actually there are a lot of ways to make it super easy for the non-techie and i definitely am under that umbrella dina and we can send you um like um all like our little things like Cheat sheet. Yeah, yeah, like a little tip. Oh, yeah. please. So that, I, want yeah. to, I want to be yeah. involved in that. I, I, I'm sure now is probably not the best time for you, but what we can do is we can make like a little another date, you know, and not when it's good for you. Yeah, when it's convenient, and we'll, and we'll through walk it. it through you with you. Okay, perfect. Let's do yeah. it. Like, you're going to have so much fun. I can't wait to see it. We'll be like your number one follower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to okay. So another question, because you've achieved so much and you have such an incredible career already. So I and just want to know, young sort of, too, so. I know it's amazing. And I just sort of want to know, like, what do you want for your future? What are your dreams and goals for the next kind of chapter of your career? I want to be the next, I want to be the second Filipino on the business of fashion 500 list. I think that for you. I don't think that's a, like, I know that will happen. <laughs> Uh, second, I want to be on the Forbes 30 under 30. Is it yeah. correct? Yes. Forbes 30 under 30. Uh, on having my own agency and foundation, helping the LGBT community and diversifying the fashion industry. Well, I think, I think we both think... You are going to do yeah, all I that. believe in you. You so are much. so inspirational. Your stories are so engaging. Like I said, there's such an intimacy. As soon as I started like following you and then I got Alana to follow you pretty much right away, like I just couldn't stop. I just felt like everything you were saying is just so on point. Even some of it's like ahead. So I'll see you say something and then a week or two later, it's reported on the news and I'll tell Alana and I'm like, always ahead. You just have to follow. <laughs> What else do you want to see on my uh, uh, on my feed or on my on the fierce walker? I need your opinion. Honestly, for me, I really like what I see, and I'm always excited when I get to really see your looks, like you in the clothes, showing your styling of them. So for me, sometimes. You know, when I'm I'm looking at something, I would like to see another way you wear it too, like the way we were talking earlier. I would like okay. to see more of your um, diversity, even with the pieces we're seeing. I just think that would be so exciting because your take is always so cool, so unique, and so chic. I mean, you are talking a lot about effortlessly chic, and I think that describes you perfectly. Thank you, Dina. Uh, I love so much. I just love all of like, I think you bring so many amazing ideas. I know you do a lot on your story where you're just talking about like, where is the industry going? All of that. I would love to see you know more, maybe even videos of you either discussing it with other influencers or other like people who you think are doing what you want and who are maybe like getting into a debate or this and that because like I said, you have said certain stuff on your story. Well, then two weeks later, I'll see an article in the BOF kind of discussing that idea. And, and you were saying that you made the comment about how fashion needed to change and how there needs to be a different system. 
And then I, I came home and I was talking to Alana about it. And then I think it was at least two weeks later, I saw there was this huge article about it. And it just made me realize, you know, you really are seeing things before everyone else is. And so I just love all of that. I love your content. I really yeah. do. Do more on your IGTV, please. And I know okay. you're supposed to do a YouTube channel. I think oh, I can't wait. If you do do that, it'll be a great kind of marriage of your, those two worlds then. And I will onboard people who are really working in the fashion industry, but not really well-known because they're working behind the scenes. I love that. I love that I love you're giving that. a voice to so many people yeah. and a platform. Like one of my favorite things from this conversation, because you've said it so many times and it's like you don't hear enough of that, is that you want to support and grow other people and use the platform you've grown to help. And I think that's beautiful. It just shows your heart. Yeah. So, Thank you. Um, we have um, just one other fun little question for yes. you. Um, so it would we be... like to play this game. You know okay. the, the, the game F, Mary Kill? Have you ever heard this game? No, no, no. Okay, no. well, anyway, my point was we do a nicer, softer <laughs> we version. Do a good version. We, are not, okay. we, don't, we don't like the idea of even pretend killing. So we have, if you will, phone, text, or delete, and we give you three people. What, again? So you can phone one person, text another okay. person, and you have to delete the last person. And okay. we give you three people, and you have to choose who and why. Okay. Maria Grazicciuri from um, Dior. And then Alessandro... Alessandro Michel from Gucci. I'm Sorry. already thinking what... what it's <laughs> Olivier Rossi from Batman. Okay. Olivier Rossi. I will call Olivier. Yes. <laughs> he is awesome at TikTok, by the way, so you can talk about when you call him. He is the best one. <laughs> yes, I will call Olivier. I will text Alessandro. Yes. And delete Maria. Maria. Maria Grazicieri. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to tell us why? Okay. <laughs> According to my reliable source, Olivier wants to change everything from his team. He wants to work with up-and-coming talent. He wants to work with people who have fresh take when it comes to fashion because he wants to rule the brand on a different kind of level, most especially now that we are experiencing this pandemic, he wants to work with people who has really great vision, who are really techy, and people who doesn't have a voice and doesn't have a first-hand experience of the fashion industry. Ooh, so you guys have a lot of... Um, oh, I can't wait to see what he's going to do. Wait. His TikToks have been amazing. Yeah, like even the YouTube channel. Like yeah. I'm loving it. Uh, I love how... He is doing his shoots, his personal shoots, like yeah. very fierce. Very. And I think he is so always ahead. Like he's so young and fresh and he, and, and kind of with the people. But he he really knows how to like touch base with on all levels. And I like that he has, there's a sense of him, like his energy is very calming and nice and like not so uptight or like, yes. He, it just seems he like seems he's always in a good mood. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
what else? Alessandro. Why I will text Alessandro? Because the last fashion week of Gucci, they're very advanced because they use Alessandro sending WhatsApp personal message on each invitee of Gucci fashion week. And that is such fun. So cool. personal message getting from Alessandro and Gucci, it was just like a different kind of personalization to the next level. Um, uh, why I will delete Maria Gracia? Because I think she's not doing so well for Dior. Oh, really? Why, why do really? you feel? I love Dior. Um, as much as I love Dior, but her vision doesn't really resonate what Dior is all about. Like the the runway pieces are not really good for me. Um, I feel like Kim Jones is really doing so well. I love Kim Jones. Dina will agree with you one hundred percent. I went to the Miami, you know, show. Um, were you were you yeah. there? No, no, my assistant was there. Oh my god. It was insane and just seeing it and the energy and even I even have my women clients where we have it um the his line because it's just amazing and what he was it's doing right it's so good it's so flawless you are my favorite like him for your god I think he he will probably. I feel like he'll take I think over. He will take over. I feel he'll well. take over soon. I hope so. I hope so. Cross finger. <laughs> <laughs> he is just amazing. And energy he brings is so cool. I'm I'm really excited for everything he's gonna do. Have you seen the Rimowa, the collection of Dior, the collaboration of Rimowa and Dior? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God! It was just like. Those pieces were like next level, and then I can I, I will I want to buy few more of them because it's just really good. I want to see your closet. I told her <laughs> no. I was saying we were talking the other day, and I was saying my dream is to go there. I just want to like go like to your closet. Like I was telling I was telling Dina, uh, all my stuff I already left in Dubai. Like I didn't bring any. Only few pieces, only few bags, and few accessories that you mean I you left really love. Like I, 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 oh, I, I gave say, it to I my think mom. I could walk away from my stuff, knowing I could come back to it, but I could not walk away if I could never come back. <laughs> I let, I, I, I gave it to my mom. I told her you have the full responsibility of what you want to do on those stuff. So you must feel so light because you get to start fresh in a way. Yes. So I was just like. Now that I'm here in Barcelona, I only have two dresses, um, 20 pieces of workout clothes. 20 pieces, I like that you know. <laughs> and three casual. Oh, wow. I, I but you said you have a lot of accessories and shoes or no? But, but the... Shoes, I, I only bring four. Oh. I think I packed more for a two-day vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but when it comes to my makeup and accessories, it's one whole luggage. 
I love that. I can't. I would love to play in your closet. No, I have I, Okay, I'll give you okay an extra tip. Three favorite beauty brands. Yes, yes. Charlotte Tilbury, Arglass. Yes. Yes. And Charlotte Tilbury, Arglass, and then Tom Ford. Oof. I agree. I am obsessed with Charlotte Tilbury. One of my friends, she is like an investor in the company and she always kind of is posting them and wearing them and all this stuff and her makeup is always perfect. So it really got me like she is to me the highest standard of person I know in terms of face perfection. So I decided like if she is this good, then I will buy some products. I have been so loyal to Armani face products for so long that I was very hesitant, but everything I've bought has been amazing. I think it makes my skin look fantastic. Well, I did blocked. the branding. I actually did the branding. You did? Social you did? media for Charlotte Tilbury for the opening well, of the Dubai Mall. That is so cool. That, yeah, that is amazing. That's why I love Charlotte Tilbury. It's my baby. So when you were working with Nish Arabia, were you going to Saudi as well? No. Because it's not safe for someone like me. So it's a remote kind of work for Nish Arabia. And then after working for Nish Arabia, I got hired as a marketing head and brand strategist for my 30 minutes. It's an EMS studio in Dubai, Jordan, Qatar, New York. It's an electromuscle stimulation from Germany. Uh, I worked there for almost two years, and then I moved to an agency called Mr. H. Uh, it's a British-owned company, and that's where I got a chance to handle uh, seven brands under my belt. Oh my gosh. Like, you are so, You're so like, impressive. <laughs> I'm like, everything you say, I'm just like, mouth open. I feel like soon we'll see you on a campaign as like the star. Yeah. I, I think it would be incredible to see you as the face of a campaign. Like, that would be Thank a really cool moment. I can't wait. So, that the future kids like me, I want to see them saying, I want to be like her. Yeah. I think they I think will. they are they probably are. I wanna be like you. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like, I already not... have people who are fans who are like, I want to be like you. I think you have one of like a positivity and amazing voice and you just make fashion seem so much fun and even when you and have wearable. A, yeah, but even when I feel like because I'm a very eclectic and avant-garde and you I feel like have an avant-garde edge, but that's really like you want to come and wear everything you're wearing because you look so good in it. And I love that. Like I literally want to jump into what you're wearing sometimes. Like I love mixing actually designer pieces. Like if I wear a top from a designer and it's hot couture. Or if it's avant-garde, I want to wear a simple Levi's jean. But or... you do so well. I think you are the future of fashion. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And we really are just so grateful. I know we kept you for a bit of time. Thank you so much. You are My amazing. Pleasure. We really can't wait to come to Barcelona or if you are ever here. You have to come Definitely. play. Definitely. I'm welcoming you here in Barcelona. 
I just want to collaborate with you. I want to, like, I just think... And we'll do our TikToks. Yes, we'll do a TikTok together. Yes, we will do our TikToks live.